Okay, so a very quick one. Do you know that in um, on the 29th of May, 1969, a young man who was aged only 20, his name is Bruce Barrock. He set himself ablaze. He was um, a student of Columbia University. Very sensitive a blaze at the UN headquarters. I mean, he set himself on fire and he burnt. He was protesting for the genocide against the people of Biafra then, who was fighting a war with Nigeria. To demonstrate and to call attention to those who were dying through hunger, through several kinds of tactics deployed by the Nigerian military, he decided to set himself on fire. And he burned. He died the following day. He was 20. Why did he do that? He began as a thoughts. Did you ever hear about the power of thoughts? Thoughts are powerful. Alright? Thoughts can have overwhelming influence on you. And thoughts are always ongoing. Thoughts don't happen when you are thinking. You think, listen, listen, you think when you pick up traits of thoughts that are going on. Either you read something and it got your attention or you saw something, but really your reaction to the things you see doesn't depend on the things you see and whatever happens. Your reaction depends on the interpretation of that which you've seen. So here is how it happens from the time a child is born. The child begins to go through a process of programming to enable that child live on Earth. Because 11 million sensory data hit your brain every second. You can't process all of that. You'll be overwhelmed. So your mind needs to find a pattern. So it's like pre-installed programs. It finds a pattern that enables it help you make decisions, determine the things you should see. Say, it's like you, you set your preferences, all right? So when you set your preferences, like you're searching for something online, and they'll give you option to set your preferences. Maybe you want to buy a car, and they'll you have the chance to select the model, the year, condition of the car, maybe even the color, can even go that far, the color, the price range, and then you hit search. It will filter everything that is not consistent with those things you've set and show you only things that are consistent with the ones you've set. That's what happens. So that's the same thing that also happened now. All the other options are still there. Assuming you selected Mercedes, 
Toyota is there. The Toyota won't come up in the search. You won't see it. Except you reset it. When you reset it, you can see it. That's how the mind functions too. Are you following this? That's how the mind functions. Alright, so that's how the mind functions. So those thoughts are within. You have a framework that enables your mind manage your life. This is very important. I want you to listen. Because of what it will lead us into saying. Alright? So the young man Bruce set himself ablaze. In fact, last night, um, last night someone actually also did a similar thing. All right. <laughs> Are you still following me? Okay. So, so last night actually in Tunisia, in Tunisia, all right, a man died after setting himself ablaze. Uh, we are not. I didn't come to bring in news of people that set themselves at place. But it's, this is something extreme, right? Because in as, in, in as painful as that would be, right? It's easy to put a gun to, on yourself or even to, to stab yourself, right? Than to set yourself at place. So I'm saying people could actually do that. That will tell you the power of thoughts. That thoughts are extremely powerful. If thoughts can lead a man to do that, how powerful do you think thoughts could really be? How? Dan Brown, a marketing expert, well-celebrated, well-known, once wrote, he said, nothing more challenges the contemporary thinking than the imagined thoughts that most of our thoughts is unconscious. <laughs> I want to make sure I... So I give it to you. So you understand. So nothing more directly challenges the status quo marketing research than the imagined scientific consensus that almost all mental activity isn't fully conscious. So science identified that all mental activities isn't fully conscious. So the most of the thought happens at the unconscious level. Do you understand that? What does it mean to us? And how can that change our lives? Now here is something very important. We have always said that we live in a belief-driven world, right? I mean, that's something every one of us must have clearly understood. That our experiences is a reflection of our inner world of thought. 
Do we agree? Right? Whatever those experiences might be, right? Right? Am I correct? <laughs> you agree too. All right. That's a very serious statement. There is an empowering one too. The remaining, the reason, the, the thing is this. See, we are all on the process of awakening. We wake up every day to greater realities. Paul said, I die daily, right? And to die is gain, live is Christ. Then he said, I wake to righteousness and sin not. In other words, become awakened to righteousness. The more you are righteousness conscious, the more, the less you are, you're going to have mistakes in your life. Sin is mistake. It's called missing the mark. That's what it is. So the more you are consciousness of righteousness, the more you see righteousness. Did you know the Bible said to the pure, everything is pure? Why? Because Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. See God. See divinity. See excellence. See glory. Right? For that to happen, they've got to be pure in heart. So what they see is who they are. What I see is who I am. Do you understand that? Do you agree? Believers doubt this. <laughs> now, these are simple, but they are also hard things. But it's empowering because once you accept it, you get on the speed lane of success. If you reject it, it is not Satan that is making you reject it. Did you hear me? It's not Satan. Leave Satan alone. Satan is defeated. Why? It is your beliefs that is stopping you from believing it. Why did I say that? Paul said, until this day, when the law is read, they have this veil in their mind. The veil came from Satan. Alright? But what makes them not to believe is the veil. Alright? Not the author of the veil. Come on, did you get that? Did you get that? If I go and build a blockage at the road and go to my house and be sleeping, vehicles may not be able to cross, but I'm not there stopping them. Do you get the point? The Prime Minister of England, of the um, United Kingdom, Boris Johnson, if they decide that no one should pass through Oxford today and they is able to get um, the UK Parliament to make a, uh, enact a law to make that possible and nobody can pass, the Prime Minister and the, and the House, members of the House of Lords will not come and stand at the road. I'm saying, no, no one passes through here. <laughs> All right? But the law that they put in place, they will get people to enforce it. As a matter of fact, they don't have to get human beings physically to enforce it. 
in London, you don't, you don't see the red line, red light, and keep driving because there's no one there. Because you will be caught. You need to respect yourself. <laughs> you won't say, yeah, but there's no one here. No, you have to stop. You have to wait all the same. <laughs> because the system is organized. And things are digitalized. And people are trained to think in a different way. You understand that? Yeah. Why am I saying this? I may just I just destroyed an old age and age-long idea that Satan stops people. I said no, their beliefs stop them. Am I thinking solo? People died from an accident and they should have been it should have been blamed on Satan. Jesus didn't. He said I am telling you also that you will die like those people except you stop thinking the way you do. Why? Why did he? What? Come on. Why was Jesus so less emotional about this? Why didn't he say, Oh, I see, my God. Is any of them your relatives? Accept my condolences. No. Notice how he acted like he didn't care. He said, Nay, I say unto you, but except you change the way you, you think, you will likewise perish. Did you notice? Why did he say that? Are you all listening to me? Are you all listening to me? Because they came to him to condemn Pilate. That's why they brought him the information. And they came to hear what he will say. So he made it clear to them that Pilate was not the problem. He didn't say Pilate is a very bad man. The man is wicked. God will judge him. My father will judge me. He didn't say that. <laughs> he said, if you don't change the way you think, you will perish like them. He made no mention of Pilate who killed them. Are you getting this? Okay. Where are we going to in all of this? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So, you see God to the extent of the level of the purity of your heart. Do you agree? Do you agree? So if you are seeing poverty, sickness, all kinds of bad things are happening to that person, it means his heart is very dirty. Right? <laughs> Do you agree with me too? It means his heart is very dirty. And instead of trying to worry about all of those things that is happening, the key thing is to start cleaning up the hearts. Because if you clean up the heart, these things will change. <laughs> you know, God is wonderful, and he has a way of training us. So he brings Ezekiel to a valley filled with dry, with bones, and the bones where? Where what? Dry. What did he ask him? What do you? Right? What did Ezekiel see? A valley filled with dry bones. And then they asked Ezekiel, shall these bones live? Ezekiel was smart. Ezekiel said, thou knowest. You know. 
Ezekiel recognized that God's trying to teach me something and I don't know enough. Some people today will say, no, Lord, um, these bones are actually very dry. So because of how long they've been here, even if we were to get to be able to get all of the different parts and join it, it will still be at best a skeleton. And while we might be able to use some some glue to glue them together, and um, I mean I don't see progress. I don't see progress here. What I can rather think is that we can we could find a way to recycle it and still make something out of this. <laughs> you know. But Ezekiel said, no, I don't know, you do tell me. What do you see? What do you see? What you see is a matter of your level of spiritual development. The spirit is perfect, it's clean. What blocks the flow is your beliefs. That's what blocks it. And those thoughts are powerful. Listen. So powerful that when you sleep in the night, the thoughts take form and shape. And you suddenly find yourself beside the river Nile in Egypt. Yeah. Suddenly you find yourself where? At Pretoria. You are not just thinking this time of Pretoria. You are actually there. You see yourself walking. You even see yourself eating food sometimes. And then when you ever have such a dream where you eat, some people will tell you, you need deliverance. Is there any of you here that eating the dream from out this side? <laughs> Did you dream and see yourself cooking food? Come this side. The Lord will deliver you today. Today is your day. Heaven against Coven. Have you seen that one too? <laughs> no. And men and brethren will line up because today the Lord will show himself strong among his people. He sent me. The Lord spoke to me. <laughs> All of your dreams are not thus said the Lord. Many of them are thus said to your unconscious mind. That's what many of them are. He said, but they happen. We just talked about a young man of 20 whose thoughts dropped so much he set himself ablaze. If that be so, and you believe that we live in a belief-driven world, do you not think also that your thoughts have the capacity to create a reality for you? Don't you think so? Most times when people have good dreams, they could just, just get up and smile, say, wow, I saw myself in a new car last night in a dream. <laughs> wow. I say, wow. And that's the end. Let him have a dream where his mother died. Ha. He will enter seven days fasting because he's afraid. You understand that? That fear is what is called energy in motion. Did you hear me? That's what emotion is. Do you, do you realize that? Do you realize that it's two words? Energy in motion, emotion. That energy 
that you put in motion regarding that thought you had is able to make it happen. Yes. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the Lord gave you a revelation. But the grace, so, so that's what happens in your dreams. Your thoughts take form and shape, right? You agreed? Do you agree? Okay, here's another level. The other level is that all the people you will meet every day in the physical earth. Are you hearing me? In this earth, with all the people that you will meet and all the things they will do, you created them too. Do you agree? Do you, do you believe that one too? <laughs> now, that's a tough one, but that's what I was going to all along. So I was trying to prepare your heart by telling you stories of those that said themselves are blessed. To show you how powerful thoughts really are. So my car had a problem. And to say the least, I was concerned. I was, I don't just know why I got concerned. And we were spending time and energy and money. And we didn't even know exactly what the problem was. Then I told Carissa that at the time, a song came to me. Listen. We used to sing that song. The truth is, anytime I want to sing that song, I forget it. You know, but because we used to sing that song, it's a nice song. As as I'm talking to you right now, I'm thinking that, about that song. <laughs> I remember it yesterday. Yesterday, I remember it was the time, only time I remembered it. After that day, I sang it. No, you can't help me because you don't even know what I'm talking about. Then I began to sing that song. And as I sang it, suddenly, the technician who was attending to the car discovered the problem. Because as I sang it, my thoughts quieted too, and I was fine. The desperation to have it fixed right now actually somehow automatically left me. And I was at peace. In peace and quietness, show your what? Your what? Strength be. It's in your Bible. Amen. What? So I was at peace. So the moment I got at peace, what happened? I recreated the situation. All right? My thought created a new technician in the old body that I was seeing. And he figured out exactly what the problem was. Say, how can you, you can't just say that. Well, I can give you more examples. So what happened is that the people you see in the world every day, they are mirrors. They mirror your thoughts. You project your thoughts into them. And they can act. Now, did you notice that I could do something right now and you understand it differently. The person over there understands it differently. But I said the same thing. Why? Why? What's the problem? I use the very same words, spoke at the very, very same pace, with this very same tone, from this very same mouth. 
You understand? Why are you seeing it differently? Why? Because of your beliefs. So what happened is, you said what you saw. That's why there's no point really arguing with you. Because you said what you saw. So from what you are, from your perspective, you are actually correct. But it doesn't make it correct. The key thing is to be right. Not for you to be right. Did you ever hear talks about they which are righteous in their own what? Their own what? You could be you could justify yourself. But God is called also the just and the justifier. The most important thing is to be justified of God. Why are these things important? It is important because of the the subject we've been considering. Last week I remember we agreed to state intentions and we're going to look at it today, right? Did you, I hope you are prepared because we'll, we'll have to look into it. These things are true. These things are right. These things are right. I know a man who expressly condemned the manner of life his father lived. He said his father was a terrible man. He condemned it only to turn out and become exactly or even worse than his father. What was the problem? Is this man trying to be wicked? No. He's not. What's the problem? He is a prisoner of thoughts. What happened really? Well, what happened is that every man wants to be powerful. Agreed? Is there any person who is very powerful here? <laughs> All right. <laughs> are there some people who are not powerful? <laughs> every man wants so, because God told man have what? Dominion. is in the spirit of all men to dominate. It is. And men through ages have been studying, learning how to do that. That's how come about religion. That's how come about occultism. That's how come about all manner of things. Men in search of power. That's why. So the mind also learns how to be in power, how to be in control, how to be powerful. All right? The mind will try to protect you from harm. From being hurt. 
you know, I once heard, I think it was Dr. Charles Lefon that once said, he said, look, all of the people who, who try to act tough are not really tough, they are just afraid. <laughs> They're just protecting themselves. And then he told a story of how he went to, how he went with his friend. And he was very drunk. <laughs> and, he, and he went with his friend to, I didn't mean drunk with wine, just to put it in context. <laughs> and he went with his friend to a bar. Does bar you find people that fought in the Vietnam War, they are tough people. All right, they can kill you at this least provocation, and you see these 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 tall people all over there. I said, yes, the bouncer at the door, Victor. So you know, bouncer, the bouncer at the door, very tough guy. You come in, he's the one that will let you in. So they got there, and I think they noticed that was it a leg or something? And he said, "What's wrong with your hand?" And he. He wasn't even, even going to give them attention. And he might let him know that, hey, this pen can leave you right now. And the pen has actually left you. And he checked. He said, come on, what did you do to me? Oh, my. Come on, boy. Oh, man. This pen, this pen been here so long. Come. Just a moment. <laughs> so he let them come in and they ordered a drink. And they were now talking to themselves. Say, boy, you see, let's say his name is, um, is Tom. You see Tom at the door? See how the pen left him? They were talking to themselves. I never was hearing them. And, then, and they were having this discussion to get everybody's attention. And then the, the tough guy inside sent for them. They say, say who are you saying? And they told him that, what happened to Tom? And he calls Tom, say, what I say, is it true? Say, yeah, your boss, it's true. Say, man, I've got my problems too. <laughs> I've got my problems, so. <laughs> and you know, he got healed too. And then, he called for the attention and said, everybody look up. And then he said, Charles, tell them what you're telling me. <laughs> and Charles began to tell them, <laughs> you know. And after talking to them, he said, which of you wants to give his life to Jesus? The tough, the tough guy told him, hey, all of you should give your life to Jesus Christ. Or we lift your hands up and receive Jesus. <laughs> and they all did. And they were happy. So happy that they declared a bottle of beer for everybody. <laughs> to celebrate their salvation. <laughs> I'm telling you a real story, something that happened. But what's the point? The tough guys ain't really tough. Is it just a little thing? I say, just a moment. Uh, he was crying. The tough guy. What happened? He's been melted. The toughness is used to protect himself. He's afraid. All right? If he has a son, you know what will happen? His son will copy that as a way of protecting himself too. 
Now let me tell you a real story about myself. I used to be a very shy person. All right? And because I was shy, I can't talk to someone like this. I, I can't just do that. How can I talk to someone? So because I didn't do that, what I learned was to frown my face and hold. So people thought I was being tough, I don't talk to people. No, I was very shy, that was the reason. The real reason was that I was shy. I was protecting myself. Why? Feeling of inferiority, not good enough. Those were the problems. I didn't believe I was good enough. Now, it also made me look down on the things I have. If I have a wristwatch and I see your own, your own might be inferior to mine, I will start desiring your own. This is real, this happened to me. You understand? It also made it difficult for me to boldly tell somebody who I am and what I can do, even when I know I can do those things. That's how powerful thoughts can be. And you know the thing? The thing is, that belief will always create for me a situation that will enable me remind myself how inferior I am. Either someone will snub me, you understand, or talk down on me, at least according to my own, my own perception. It will always happen. Why don't I feel that way any longer? I change that belief. You know, the more money you spend, the less you have, right? Is it not true? Come on, me, I heard $1,000. You spend $10,000, it's money 90000 right? Am I correct? Good. Now, a gentleman said he decided to, re to, to replace that belief with the more money I spend, the more money I receive. And he said he began to work. Come on here, what did Paul say? Paul said it is more blessed to give than to, to, than to receive. Because those that give shall what? Receive more. Isn't it what he said? But what is your perception when you want to buy groceries or snacks or whatever it is? Alright? You are spending or you are showing appreciation for this thing they are giving you. Someone is giving you something of value and you are showing appreciation. Because actually, in business, in, in, in business thinking, people only pay when they believe that the value they are getting is more than the amount they are paying. Alright? That's what happens to you. That's why you negotiate. That's what happens. You're only giving that money when you feel that you are getting more in exchange. That's what you're doing. So we can actually say that we give a token of appreciation. So it becomes a giving instead of a spending. You know that I can now start choosing to look at it this way and start working on my mind to make necessary adjustments. And then will the words of that gentleman be fulfilled in my life, that the more I give, the more I receive. So that will send away the fear of lack from me because I have a new program that says you receive more. Do you know that can become someone's reality template? causing your brain to, to get, receive information. I told you about how it filters information. All right? To receive information about where the money is so you can receive it. Do you know the money is actually available? Your mind just filters it. Because you have this 
100,000 pounds, right? And you're, as you're spilling, it's supposed to be reducing until it finishes. And then you get another one. Somebody else has a different template that the more he spends or gives, the more it comes. So he activates a different program that causes him to look and perceive. See? Perception it is. Alright? To look and perceive in the direction that will bring more. And then he creates the right people in his world and in his life that will display actions that is consistent with his thoughts. Meaning, change happens inside, not outside. Meaning, I don't need to take a new job or start a new business or any of those things for me to have more money. All right? I need to simply make adjustments in my thoughts. And those thoughts, all right, most of it is not conscious. So since it's not conscious, how would you know that you have it? Well, the way to know is to look at your experiences. This is a very empowering thought. Recently, I thought about somebody. And I said to myself, when Satan wants to destroy somebody, he will cause that person to be acting in certain ways, making certain kinds of decisions. And that will make the person lose opportunities. Then immediately I caught myself. Did I caught myself? No, God helped me. And I said, no. It is not Satan. It is not even that person. It is my belief. Have you ever seen someone that didn't like the person from uh, at first sight? Oh, it happened to me. I don't know about you. You are, you are always your hyper-spiritual perfection. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> so I'm telling you. There are people I saved for, and I just didn't like them. But I've sat down myself sometimes and asked myself a deep question. He said, who could some people be? Oh, I'll give you an example. For example, when we were in school, we were on campus. All right? Some of those ladies that... Um, uh, look too expressive and they just come into a place. So some people, I didn't like them. I, I like I like a little modesty, right? I feel like you're showing up. So once I see uh, my, I just filter you out. All right. Whatever you're saying is 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 not just correct. <laughs> and you must be you must be you must not be intelligent. <laughs> so I don't have time for you. You know. I remember this lady on campus. Then she was living in Lagos. So. Um, whenever, so she's always, you know, <laughs> and she will speak some of those here, but so I just say, Oh my god, she did nothing to me, she was a nice lady, I just didn't like her. Why did she know I didn't like her? She didn't know. Did other people like her? That was my major problem. <laughs> <laughs> the other people were liking her and enjoying I wanted everyone to just prove me right that she's. <laughs> and they all like her. Was something wrong with the way she was acting? No. What was wrong? My thinking. Listen, the truth is, 
that's the way I would love to do. My perception of myself couldn't let me. You understand that? So I was held back. So when I saw that, what I expressing was the pain of not being me. That was it. It had nothing to do with that person. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah. The power of thoughts, the power of beliefs. How beliefs can hold a family down for years, for centuries. How? Thoughts! Listen. A thought that doesn't exist in your mind cannot work in your life. Say, so what if witches project something against me? Then, the first step in making it work is that the thought will have to be deposited in your heart somehow. Through a movie, through a book, through a story, are you hearing this? If that story doesn't find a place in your heart, the curse, enchantment, divination will not work. I'm serious. In fact, let me tell you something. Now let me tell you something. In magic, right? Listen, in magic, if they want to charm you to do something, the first thing is to find out whether that is what you want to do. That's the first thing. If it is what you want to do, then there are certain practices and then that would happen, including focus, meditation, and some enchantment. Enchantment is to say things, right? That's what it is. Chant. Through those enchantments, you conjure up. <laughs> you conjure up something, and as someone listens to this, they say, "Oh, this guy is a witch." <laughs> okay. You conjure up something, the thing you want, right? And send it forth in the realm of the spirit. And then it will flare up or heighten the passion in somebody's heart to take a certain action. If it's not that way, then they call it black magic. In which case, they will have to activate the activities of demons to influence your thoughts. <laughs> you understand that? That's what happens. Once the thoughts have been influenced, then whatever is done can happen. That's the reason why sometimes in those things they do, they could think 
There are certain things you want to do and you have to do it consecutively for three days. A process is taking place within the three days. Depending on what it is. Okay, so let's just stop there about those those sites. Amen. <laughs> Are you still with me? But I'm trying to tell you that even those things doesn't work. Except the beginning. The beginning is in your thoughts. Now that's the reason why. Let me tell you something. That's the reason why music is a serious thing. Movies are serious things because those are some of the ways you can influence people. Give them the thoughts you want them to have. That way, controlling them becomes easier. That's why the world is filled with more evil today than ever because a lot of programming has taken place through music and videos and films. That's the reason why money is spent to sponsor music shows. You want to change the character of a generation, one of the most powerful ways to do it is through music. Do you understand that? That's it. As those words are sung in that music and those enchantments are made in that music, and people are open, see, people are open, defenseless, and they are dancing and enjoying those things. As that is happening, then it's easy for those pictures. Because see, what are you doing? This is an emotion of joy. It's called energy emotion. Okay, so that's how powerful thoughts are. So everything in your experience, you create yourself. You agree that uh, the one you are looking at is not me? The me is inside right? This is my body. So I can change. My body doesn't have to change, right? And my body can change, but I will remain me. For example, I could decide to rub some cream and I become fairer. There is still me. I can even do plastic surgery and change the shape of my nose. I can do that. And change the, the color of my hair. And um, those who so if you saw Michael Jackson in the earlier years, he looked different to what he was looking in the later years. He did plastic surgery. Now got pointed nose. Alright? He wasn't like that all along. His nose was like mine before then. Alright? So someone can do plastic surgery, but that will remain him. But the thoughts change. You see, as your thoughts are changing, your exposure is widening, you are said to be growing. All right? What qualifies you as a grown-up kid is not your height. It is what? Your thoughts. That's why the Pharisees and the teachers of the law marveled at Jesus at 12 years old when he could answer questions that were hard. All right? Wisdom was working in him. So do you know what I'm trying to say? What I'm trying to tell you? Okay. So you understand, right? Do you understand? We've seen a magnet before. If you've seen a magnet, let me see your hands. 
magnet. What does it do? It draws certain kinds of objects, metals. Am I correct? So if it's a metallic object, the magnets will draw it because it is a magnet. It doesn't magnet, it doesn't attract plastic. That's how your mind does. It attracts the experience, all right? That is consistent with itself to it. The only reason why the man acted that way when you were trying to fill your car is because it's you. See, he's a very nasty man, yes. Somebody could have described him as a poor German. So I just looked at him with pity, the way he was acting. I was even wondering, it's possible he's not eating for three days. For you, he's a very wicked man. What happened? You. That's it. When you wake up to a new reality, everything else changes. What's our job then? To die every day. Amen? Like Paul, is to die every day. How do we do that? First of all, accept that you're responsible for your experience, no doubt. Once you accept that blames, excuses, and complaints goes, then you, you, then you now wake up to what they call responsibility. Now, taking responsibility means accepting that this is me. But when you take responsibility, these thoughts are not conscious. So you can also change them just by taking responsibility. But that's the beginning. The beginning is to own up. To recognize that in your work and life, there's something called growth. First Corinthians. See, we've been saying a lot of things and we haven't even <laughs> looked into the Bible. Let's do that now. Good idea? That's a good idea, isn't it? Okay. First Corinthians, are you there? Right? Are you there? Yeah. Chapter 3. 
Verse 3. Well, let's start from verse 1. And brethren, and I brethren could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy, strife, and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Envy, right? I said envy and look into your Bible. And what? Envy and strife and divisions. You just mentioned those three to represent the others. Are ye not carnal and walk as men? So if you have this, it means you are still a baby, depending on the degree to which you have it. Right? You are fine with division. You know? So we can, we can be divided in our vision, in our pursuits, right? You find with it. In the sample, enjoy it. You are carnal. What about envy? Strife. That means contention, debate. Paul said those things are indicators of childishness. Children don't take responsibility. All right? So children are not productive. Children are in training. You see that? So you can't have opportunities because you need support. You need support. To feed, you need support. So you will have to depend on an adult to make the space for you. And that's what happens amongst many. If you belong to this commission, you understand that? So it is started and presented as wisdom. You belong to this commission, so that I will give you a covering. Go away with your covering. Why are you covering them? Raise them. You understand that? Raise them. They don't need your covering. Why would you be content? Okay. So, this can all be taken to extremes. Extremes. Because a certain man of God talked about why the ministry is not growing. You could have a changing congregation. People come, they go, they come, they go. So I can devise means to keep them. So the ministry is growing. All right? But no, it's not growing if I'm just keeping them. All right? They are supposed to go. But they are supposed to go with the wisdom that I've imparted into them, into the world. Amen? That's what should happen. They should go. They shouldn't gather every day for me to feed them as their man of God. No, they should go. 
That's what it should be. But when they go, they have been filled. You understand? They have been filled. Like the woman that the prophets, they go and borrow vessels. Right? And she kept borrowing and they were filling. That's what it should be. They should go. Not go and start sinning. Not go and become a taste. No. They should go into the world to solve problems. I can remain their mentor. Amen? Glory to God. They don't necessarily have to sit every day for me to talk to them. That's the idea of the Spirit. That's the idea of the Spirit. Alright? But I should continue with my work and I have those who are working with me. I can have a, a staff of whatever number. And it's okay to keep raising others. But don't tell me that anybody who lives is not, is not a good son. No, he's a good son. He's supposed to go. Because remember, you were a caretaker, right? Caretaker. His father, there is only one God and only one father. Amen? Only one spirit. You are not our big uncle. I mean, no man is a big uncle in Christ. <laughs> Therefore, I write unto you as your big uncle in Christ that you abstain from. <laughs> Nobody, there's no big brother. Amen. You are brothers. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> there are people who will like the kind of thing I'm saying. Maybe I haven't understood. I haven't grown. <laughs> but wisdom is justified by his children. What children do we see? So, so you understand that when these things are there, the implication is that you are not grown yet. And if you've not grown, what does it mean? Does it mean your spirit is still um, like this? Is a toddler? No. Your spirit is perfect. So what about your body? Does it mean your body is a toddler? No. The mark of adulthood is what? What defines an adult? Responsibility. That's what defines an adult. Are you hearing this? What does it mean to take responsible, responsibility for something? It means to be in charge of it, to take charge. That's what it is. So if the house is dirty, the adult knows that the house is dirty. If he doesn't know, he's not an adult. You understand that? He's not an adult. Now, get your baby, your two-month-old baby. Keep him or her on the top of a dustbin. The baby could take it and start putting it in his or her mouth. It's okay. Am I correct? The one that has grown up a bit. Keep him there and he thinks he's wrong. What he's going to do is to cry. Okay. Take the ones that are even up to 10 years maybe. Enter there with them and be playing. They will join you. <laughs> they go and kick that one. Someone will pick that one. Say, oh, you, you pick that big one. Say, yeah. Say, we're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Is it not true? 
That is the truth. So what defines adults is responsibility. Adults know when something is wrong and adults take charge of fixing it. That's what they do. Okay, so look at this. So we just talked about this, right? So let me show you something. Because I said, these feelings are unconscious. These beliefs are unconscious. What are you going to do? How do you fix them? Now you know that everything in your life you created it. You are creating them. Life is a journey of creation. You are creating. You don't like things you are doing, but you are creating them. Not consciously, your thoughts are creating them. What are you going to do? Well, David is the first person to tell us what we should do. So why don't you take a look at what David thought? So we're going to Sam to see what Brother Dave, you know, that gentleman saw a, a, a teenager who was dancing. <laughs> oh my God. And um, he was wondering who that boy was. And um, the angel told him that, oh, that's the boy he used to call King David. Here there's only one king. So David is somewhere around the gate of heaven dancing. <laughs> and a big pastor put him on the stage to tell the world. Okay, verse 1, chapter 37, 32 rather, Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputed not iniquity. And in whose spirit there is no guile. Verse 3. When I kept silence, my bones was all through my roaring all day long. For day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drop of summer. Think about it. Verse 5. He described his experience. But he was, he was smart enough to know that this experience wasn't coming from outside. What do you say, verse 5? I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess unto the Lord, and thou forgivest the iniquity of my sin. Look at verse 6. What he said, anyone who loves God should do. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come unto him. Why did he say that? He said, start working things out when trouble has not overwhelmed you. That's what he said. Glory to God. That's what he said. And so you can actually read the rest of it. All right? First um, John chapter one. First John chapter one verse from verse five. Let's start from verse four. Are you there? First John chapter one from verse four. Are you there? You're there now. Okay. Now, this is beautiful. This and these things write we unto you that what? 
your joy may be full. Who doesn't want that? John said, here is a formula for having a full joy, complete joy. All the time you are happy because everything is working fine. Amen? <laughs> Think about it. Who doesn't want it? You just come in, you are whistling, everything is working okay, business is growing, family is doing good, no one is sick. Are you hearing me? Woo, glory. I love it. Oh, thank you, Lord. I love it. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Amen. John also writes and says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So John says, your prosperity is equal to the prosperity of your soul. Notice he didn't say, even as your spirit prospers. You did notice that? He said, your soul. I told you, it's about your beliefs. Your soul. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you following this? Oh, God. He said, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. God is light. God is light. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see light. You see that now? Glory to God. They shall see light. So they will know what to do. They will not walk in the darkness of this world. They will not walk in confusion. They will have clarity. They will walk in clarity. Blessed are the pure in heart. Why? For they shall see light. But that light has shined in our hearts, in our spirits. So we must change the way we think. Amen. So that it will also dawn in our minds. That's what Peter said when he said, it's like a light shining. Say the word of prophecy is like a light shining in a dark place. Unto the day dawn and the what? Light rising in his heart. Okay. This then is the message we heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. Okay? You, you get that? Listen, listen. Children can have fellowship with God. Amen? I didn't say children don't pray. They can pray. But they can't have fellowship. Why? Is here. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And the truth is not in us. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, then say we have fellowship one with another. So fellowship is walking in the light of God as he is in the light. All right? And it is an unconscious thing. It is unconscious. It doesn't happen when you need and say, I want to fellowship with the Lord. No. That could activate it. That's, that could be the discipline. Amen? 
You could pray and not fellowship. You prayed. You could study the Bible, you could sing and all of that and not fellowship. Because the idea is that the fellowship doesn't break. It doesn't end. Amen? It comes not to an end. It's there always. Amen? It means you are in agreement. As he is. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And what? Oh, glory to God. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from our sins. Now, pause there for a moment. There is a cleanser. Did you notice? He didn't say cleansed us. Am I correct? It is either John made a mistake or we need to understand it. Our sins were washed away. Correct. But there is such a thing as a consciousness of sin. And there is that blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Abel's blood spoke judgment. Right? The blood of Jesus Christ doesn't speak judgment. He speaks remission. Glory to God. That's what he speaks. He speaks no condemnation against you. Because the blood has done it all. So when we walk in the light, as he is in the light, there is an automatic cleansing of our our soul. Automatic cleansing. In other words, the wrong deposit tries to come in and is cleansed. You get the point? Do you understand that? Are you still with me? Do you understand that? Do you understand that? What do you understand? Sit down now. Glory to God. automatic cleansing because you are walking in the light. Will you say amen? Amen. Then he says, if we say that we have no sin, we what? Deceive ourselves. Now remember he's writing. That's why I say I have been very, if you have followed the narrative, I went to Romans, uh, to Corinthians and showed you what babies do. Right? If you keep reading, you realize he's writing to babies. He's teaching them. And he gave the characters of people in this category. He says strife, contention, division. These are some of them. All right? You can stay on something someone did did to you for two weeks. You are still thinking about it. You see? That's a problem. It shows you're a baby. It doesn't mean you are not God's child. It doesn't mean anything is wrong with you. It just shows that you are a baby. That's what it shows. And babies should give themselves to the sincere milk of the world that they should grow. The purpose of that is to grow. You are supposed to grow. All right? And one of those ways to grow, this is it. He said, if we say that you have no sin in your consciousness, you lie. And the truth is not in you. But if we... Do what? Confess our sins. Am I correct? He is faithful and just to 
forgive us and to cleanse is the important thing there. The most important thing for you there, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Clean unrighteousness from our spirit? No. As it is, so are we in this world. Amen? It's to cleanse it from your soul. That is where the wrong thoughts are. Unrighteousness means thoughts that are not consistent with God. Impure thoughts. Righteousness is purity. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see light. When they see light, they walk in the light as he is in the light, so they have fellowship. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Until they become pure in their heart, they will not see light. So says the Bible. Because they will interpret it according to the impurity of their heart. That's what happens. So they will see opportunities and get angry about it and do nothing about it. Because their heart is impure. And they see impurity in their lives. So how do you change it? We just read it. First of all, is to take responsibility. Everything I see in my life, in my world, I created. So I'm going to stop the blames and the complaints and the excuses, no matter how hard I'm pressed to do those things. And then, for this cause, shall anybody who is godly, you are godly. Say God when he shall find him. Before the wrong thoughts put you into trouble. Before Herod miss your blood with the blood of the animals. And you will think that God will immediately sentence Pilate. He will not sentence Pilate. He will say to other people who are still alive, he said, look at him and learn. Except you change the way you think, you perish like him. You become an example, an experiment unto others. That's not your life. Say amen. amen. So what shall you do for this cause? Shall anybody who is godly say, God, when shall find him? Thou art my hiding place. Oh, glory to God. What are you supposed to do? These errors you don't like that you see in your life, you created them. Accept it. Say, no, I cannot accept it. You are a baby. I want to accept it, but it's not, I can't just, I will help you. I will help you. All right? So what you do when you're trying to accept it and it's not working is to confess to the Lord that you are not being able to accept and he will cleanse the, it's a program that's causing it. He will remove the program that is not letting you accept, and now you can start accepting. That's what happens. I'm telling the truth. I'm serious. There's a program that is not letting you assess this. That program, because assessing, if you start assessing and start taking responsibility, you are actually, you, I mean, you've woken up. It means life will start changing. You want to say something? In this direction, okay, go ahead. You know, I remember the story of I read about uh, uh, okay, I heard, and I also read something in that man. What happened in Nazareth? The woman that um, experienced the terrible things in that um, um, what's it called again? In that prison, you know, she came, she survived the stuff and came out, and now was became a preacher and was going about how she has received forgiveness. She was sharing that story and talking to people and people were receiving forgiveness. One day she came to a program 
make her actually tell the story of some food. So one day she came to a program and she finished her teaching and her message for that day. And it was wonderful. Now, the people received the message. They were coming forth to receive forgiveness for their sins. And here comes the very man that tormented and she could remember and the pictures of all the things that the man Flash did. through her mind. They, they came before before her. In, in, in just in that moment, she saw the man and she cried and said, God, I can't forgive you. I can't. She tried. She said she tried, but she couldn't. And then she turned to God and said, God, I can't. Oh. Please forgive my inability to forgive. She said she noticed immediately a shift in her mind. The whole thing changed. She noticed that she could not forgive the man. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's what we're talking about. So you notice there are certain things you want to do. It's right. You've heard it. You want to do it. It's not working. Okay. Turn to the Lord and ask him to help you to deal with your inability to do what you think you need, what you know you need to do. So that man cried. I said, I believe. Help my unbelief. Praise God. He said, I believe. Please help my unbelief. What is he talking about? Oh, glory to God. Certain times you see certain things, you hear them, you believe them. You know this is true, but you find that you are unable to apply them. There's a program that is stopping you. It's in there. Don't take it for granted. Don't say, well, it doesn't really matter. He that covers his sin shall not prosper. That's what you're trying to do now. Don't, don't give it a nice name to cover it up. Say, Lord, help me. Hallelujah. And here we will cleanse that unbelief. All right? Clean it and purity will come. When purity comes, you will see light. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lift your hands towards heaven.